Welcome to Pro Running News, Matt Fox and Dave Lippman answering a listener question this week. We will be doing the next episode on the Boston Marathon that's taking place today, discussing some uh, predictions that we uh, had going in our polls on Instagram and also, of course, doing a rundown of how the race itself went. But today we're answering a question about running surfaces and more specifically or a little bit more on the topic of running on the treadmill. So, um, Dave, you've been doing a little bit of treadmill running in your build-up before I share the question. How's that going for you? Good. I've enjoyed yeah. it. Uh, it's yeah. nice in the British, in some of the British elements to have a treadmill. So we'll, uh, we'll talk a bit more about that. Um, and when to use treadmill, how to use a treadmill and all that. But uh, let's get to listen to a question from Carlos Parra. Yep. Carlos Parra, thank you for the question. Carlos asks, uh, could you guys discuss a little bit more about training on the treadmill, maybe different types of treadmills, inclination uh, to compensate for lack of wind, the pounding on the surface, differences as compared to running on other surfaces, setting the inclination higher to prepare for the trail races with vertical. I think he means the the percentage of the gradient. Uh, yep. Can you fully train on the treadmill to prepare for a race um, and what uh, all topics in and around uh, preparing for races on the treadmill. We know that uh, athletes such as the Ingebrigtsens have made uh, running on the treadmill, uh, I would say, a little bit more popular. I think before, you know, that was um, made public, I think at least the consensus back, you know, before 2010 was it's just not quite the same to run on the treadmill than outside and you're probably not getting quite as much out of it. But uh, maybe they've uh, they've changed the consensus and opinion about that. But, um, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, I think... The first thing to say is um, everything and anything is better than nothing is the first thing here. So like, you know, if you can't run or you're not going to run and then you're on the treadmill, it's obviously better. Uh, it's probably not quite as good as, uh, you know, to prepare you for anything as running outside is, right? Or, or running on the surface you're going to be training on. I think the, you know, the specificity principle holds true here. So if you're going to run on Absolutely. a surface to race, like train on it a little bit at least. Um, but it is, look, it's part of, it can be part of a good program like the Ingebrigtsens, as you mentioned. Um probably isn't sufficient to only do treadmill running if you have another option, right? If you have no other option, of course, treadmill, but you know, I have a boss uh, from many, many years ago who spent a whole marathon build on a treadmill and then ended up having heaps problems in the marathon. Unsurprisingly, um, most of them muscular, if I'm honest, uh, from memory. Thought, yeah. And uh, that makes complete sense. Um, you got to remember that some people describe treadmill running, particularly traditional treadmill running as per, uh, you know, on the motorized treadmills as a series of complicated falls. <laughs> Although some people describe running and walking as that, but um, the reality is that the belt is moving and and propelling, and so you, you you know it is different kinematically and kinetically, and we'll talk a bit about that. But um, I think probably the first thing to realize is there are different types of treadmills, right? So you got mm. your traditional treadmills, as we probably have all seen, in a, let's call it a hotel gym, and then you have your you know more common recent treadmills uh, that are self-propelled, and some of them are curved as well. Um, so I guess differences here. You know, motorized treadmills you can put up to high percentages some of them really high percentages and, and pretty high speeds whereas uh you know you curved and self-propelled can't necessarily incline as much because of the mechanics of them um there's a few it's quite a bit of research around this and we've put quite a few show notes in so if you're interested go go read them but um uh the the metabol like the metabolics are pretty similar at maximum uh effort so that is all the metabolic systems are working pretty similarly when you're running at your maximum uh, but the maximum speed you can run, which makes sense, right? It's the, the maximum you can sustain, but the maximum mm -hmm. speed you can run is a little bit faster on a treadmill, which again, makes complete sense when you've been on a treadmill running that. Um, and you know, the, the natural thing to draw there is for the same speed, it's probably going to be a little bit easier, uh, at the higher speeds. I think the research suggests that at slower speeds, it actually might be a bit harder on the treadmill, uh, metabolically, which, uh, probably aligns with what Carlos is saying there. Um, and then 
the curve treadmills have less impact. Um, and again, we can get to impact and whether it's actually a factor as well, which makes sense given that you are, your foot strikes the ground and then goes lower from there as opposed right. to having the ground pushing back on it. Mm -hmm. So uh, what, what have been your experiences treadmill running, Matt? You've done quite a bit of it, obviously, in your time traveling and that sort of thing. I have done a bit. I guess uh, the one thing to make ob obvious point is that um, I'm, I don't tend to stick to one treadmill because I'm changing locations all the time. So uh, it, it's often difficult for me to know if paces and efforts are accurate because the treadmills aren't often calibrated to 100%. Um, but when I am on a treadmill that is calibrated to 100% because um, I, I've, I've jumped on one that's been recently tested, I've had the experience exactly what you just said. I've found that at really high speeds, which I'm very rarely doing these days, but back in the middle distance days, I was doing some of it. I, I found that running on the treadmill was probably a little bit easier to run at really, really fast speeds. When I say fast speeds, I'd say maybe anything under 245 per kilometer or 430-ish mile pace. I'd found that anything under that speed, for whatever reason, let's just assume a 1% incline here, which is what people tend to use as a standard um, uh, resistance to uh, running outside. Um, but then when I go in towards the tempo or threshold type speeds of you know, 305 to 310, 315 per K or right around that five minute mile pace, it feels quite a lot harder for me to do that pace. And I've never really understood why. And researching this episode and and looking at these studies basically shows that that's similar for most people that have um, been doing uh, training on the treadmill. But then also when we go back to a jogging, um, I don't really feel as though there's any difference to running outside. I feel like that's pretty much the same. So it's say four to four thirty per kilometer or five minutes per kilometer, or right around that seven uh, twenty to eight minute mile pace. I feel like the rate of perceived exertion is about the same. I haven't ever done any real testing in terms of um, uh, heart rates or or I, I did do a lactate test on the treadmill uh, last week. Uh, but I've I've done very little lactate testing on the on the outside, so on the just on the roads or on the track. So I've got actually nothing to really compare it with. Um, but across the board, I've uh, I've never been a massive fan of using the treadmill unless the weather outside is terrible. Then all of a sudden, it's uh, quite appealing. Um, but in general, <laughs> but in general, uh, yeah, I've I've tended to do yeah ninety nine percent of the running outside, and it's only really in situations where the weather's terrible that I'll resort to the treadmill. But you know, I've got a lot of a lot of contacts and friends that, that really like to do certain sessions on treadmills, seemingly threshold stuff, which is, you know, yeah. we opened up with talking a little bit about the Ingebrigtsens. Um, from what I've understood, uh, this is not coming directly from them, but you know, pretty apparent on their social medias and through, uh, you know, um, mutual friends that they do quite a lot of their threshold sessions on the treadmill. Uh, yeah. A lot of 2Ks and six-minute efforts. And uh, five, I'm not sure if five-minute efforts is, uh, is something they've actually been doing, but I have heard that. Um, you know, at right around that two to 2.5 millimoles per liter lactate uh, measurement, um, or right around that sort of second threshold point, uh, that they do a lot of work at that speed, uh, on the treadmill. So yeah, it seems to, you know, since you work for them, no, you can't argue against that. And, uh, a lot of triathletes too have been, have been doing, um, work on the treadmill at that sort of intensity. But, um, I think when it comes to just, uh, like you pointed out, I think if you start to switch to doing, uh, everything or more than 50% of your running on the treadmill, you can just miss some general muscle stimulus that you can only really get from from a from a surface that you're not being propelled forward with. So, i.e., outside. Um, so, yeah, I, I've always you know done the majority of the training outside. So, yeah, yeah. And I think so I haven't ever used a curve one though. I've never used a curve treadmill. I've seen them, you know, on videos and and, and you know, plenty of times, but I've only ever I've, I've never used one of them. So, I'd be I'd be interested in trying one at some point. Yeah, harder work for the hip flexors because you're kind of stepping up at all times it's kind of like running a mild uphill uh and then having your foot go mm. down it's, it's quite interesting i haven't run on one but i've I, definitely from a biomechanics point of view that makes sense i think yep. um one thing to note 
you know, th there are reasons to be on a treadmill that probably are why the Ingerbritsons are doing it around, you, know, you mentioned the lactate and that sort of stuff. It also allows you to relatively control environments and that can be a positive and a negative. So, you know, treadmill running inside can be quite hot. And, and so as a result, if it's hotter and, and there's less airflow because you're not moving anywhere and the fan's not working much or whatever, then you can end up with a higher RPE and a higher heart rate uh, and more cardiac drift as a result. So it's definitely worthwhile considering that. Um, the calibration point you made is a really good one as well. So um, always worthwhile considering that as part of it. But yeah, I mean, I've other been, reasons... I've been, on, I've, I've been on treadmills where I, yeah. I, set, I set the treadmill to 310 per K, which is around my threshold point when I'm fit. And it's it's just nowhere near three ten. Yeah. It's like three thirty or three thirty five. I've yeah. uh, I've had the opposite where I've been running at uh, at whatever time you know let's call it four four minute k's so fifteen k's an hour and then all of a sudden it's been way harder and I've realised it was in miles so um it's always a good <laughs> oh, one to <laughs> always a good one to remember um but uh, the other thing to note and, and Carlos mentioned this is you can definitely run uphill on them um mm. if you don't have you know I was living in Amsterdam for a while I wouldn't actually do as much of this as as you would think. Uh, running uphill and treadmills, I actually did a lot more time on the Stairmaster because I was preparing for really steep trail races where hiking and hiking uphill is more important than running uphill. Uh, so I would you know, urge you to consider that. One thing to note is, again, uh, the mechanics are a bit different. And as soon as you lean back, you'll see these people in the gym a lot, um, particularly bodybuilders seem to love doing this, is like crank the the elevation right up and then hang on the front and lean back and then walk. And you may as well just be walking on the flat. Uh, so just make sure that if you are, you, you can't hold on if you want to run uphill because otherwise yeah. it's not uphill. Um so, you know, most people, you, you mentioned the 1%, um, there is some research on 1%. There is some research suggesting 1% is not quite right. We've got both articles linked, um, you know. What's the alternative opinion? The, the alternative should, opinion is- it, Is it more it, or less? Uh, it depends on really what you're trying to achieve, right? This is the thing is they're, mm. um, they're different is, is the point. Is It's, you know, 1% may be um, more- yeah, so the argument is, is one or zero is really the argument. There is some that have done a bit more. Um, and again, there's a, there's a good couple of papers in the, the thing, but I think it doesn't really matter, to be honest. I will still use 1%. That's what I was trying to do at university. Um, you know, Andy Jones is one of the best physiologists uh, in running. And and that's his paper from, from many, many years ago. Um, yeah, there's some debate there. Um, if you want to use less, use less. If you want to use more, use more. Using 1% still feels easier for me for a lot of stuff. Um, you know, it's it's only ever a rough estimate. I think the other thing to understand is that like, uh, even if you're running four minutes a K or whatever on the treadmill or outside or whatever, it's all roughly similar, but it's not the same, right? And yeah. we, we've talked about this. We've got an episode on GPS, uh, how mm -hmm. far is a marathon or is a marathon really 42.195 kilometers? So I would, you know, go back and listen to that. Four differences in GPS. So understand these are all pretty coarse tools. They're good enough, but they're not perfect and and you don't need them to be. You know, yes, we're all type A. Well, many, many runners are type A personalities, like loosening up a little bit and, and acknowledging a bit of variance. And that is, is important and good. Um, so I would say that that's, uh, you know, worthwhile. I think it probably brings us to a discussion around different surfaces, right? So treadmill is one yes. of them. And, and one thing to note with the treadmill is, and I've been experimenting a little bit with this, is treadmill with different types of shoes. Uh, so I've run in some super shoes on treadmills. I've run in some normal shoes on treadmills and, uh, they feel very different to outside. Um, and I think that brings us to the conversation of the surface you're on interacts with both the midsole, which is what everyone thinks the shoe does, but also the outsole of a shoe. Because if anybody's had the same shoe in and out with um, a trail outsole versus a normal, you'll feel them quite differently. So it's a shoe surface and, and you know, that shoe is again, midsole and outsole surface and body interaction. 
uh, and that's really important to understand. So people will often talk about, oh, you should be running on trails or dirt um, and you should never run on, on concrete or, you know, just try and avoid it and that sort of thing. And there are definite reasons for that. Um, but it's not always, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily buy into the injury risk part of that. Um, mm. I just think it's different load. Uh, it's different amounts of force going through you. So yeah. Uh, have you had a preferred shoe that you've uh, enjoyed on the treadmill as opposed to outside? Are they different or do they tend to, uh, is it tend to, it tend to be a case where the, the shoes that you prefer to run in outside are similar to the ones on the treadmill or? Uh, I haven't run in, I can't say I've, I've done a full run through. Uh, the Adios Pro 3, I've been using a little bit on the treadmill and oh, yeah. find it feels better on the treadmill than it does outside. Oh, wow. um, I also have a pair of Pro 2s that I went to throw back on, uh, definitely not dead and didn't like them as much running outside. Um, as I had before running in a few of the newer ones, the Pro 3s and the Rebellion Pros from Mizuno, and then ended up running with them on the treadmill thinking, oh, maybe they'll be a bit better. And they were a bit better on the treadmill, but I still didn't like them as much. So that's interesting how quickly I adapted to not liking the 2s when I was almost going to run uh, London Marathon in the 2s. So uh, that was really interesting. Uh, mm. But look, as someone who spent a bunch of time, uh, I do a bunch of trail running uh, outside when I can. And that's true trail running, as the people from the Alps would say, you know, single track, steep descending, climbing, uh, really rocky technical stuff. I've also run some really classically American trails, wide open fire roads uh, that you know probably most road runners think is trail running. Uh, and, and to be fair, it is for many people. Um, and then anything in between, really muddy single track. And so the research and, and my experience is that once you're on trail, things are more variable and that therefore has a higher energy cost because you're moving more laterally rather than just running up and going straight. Um, it's harder to get a rhythm. It's harder to have that sort of locked in. Oh, yeah. Uh, sort of rhythm and, and rolling and, and that's okay it's a, it's a good thing it, I find that a bit of sort of base building off season in the mountains really helps my build into then into a sort of more marathon roadblock for sure um, I definitely feel less beaten up from the trails and I think that's why people say it's better for you and what I'd say is it's probably more to do with the variance in your stride than it is to do with the surfaces you're on Right. I don't think it's to do with the surface shoe body interaction as much as it is to do with the fact that your feet are moving differently and your stride is different rather than the same every time. Um, yeah, yeah you, do, you were doing a lot of uh, a lot of two and a half, three hour runs well before the sort of the 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 I guess the last eight weeks of the marathon block and um, seems to be seems to be serving you well now for sure. And lots lots of those runs were through Richmond Park where it's sort of like very technical and and uh, yeah, not not so flat. We, this is where the road runners and the trail runners disagree. There's nothing technical in Richmond Park, mate. Nothing <laughs> yeah, technical well, there. So, but what I'm um, used to, it's technical. Yeah. So I guess one one thing to consider here, or um, it, we talked a bit about trail, we talked about road, uh, we talked about treadmill. The, the next one is track, I think, mm. uh, or, or road and track, and so harder surfaces. Uh, so for most people, most people don't probably know this, but the track is actually harder than the road, uh, and it's made to be harder than the road. It's made to give back. Does it more. depend? Does it depend on the track or are all tracks harder than the road? I, all tracks I'd say are harder than the road. Some tracks are harder than other tracks. Yeah. Right. So that's definitely it, true. It depends on who they're made for. Right. So there are definitely tracks that are made more for distance. So they're a little bit yep. softer and tracks that are more responsive and, and harder, therefore made for sprinting. Right. And those are definitely the case. And generally it's more of the second one, because let's be honest, most people care more about the sprinting when they're watching, unfortunately. Um, so you know, bears, bears witness that or bears consideration that, you know, that's the case as well. So um, there's definitely a time and a place for all these things in training and we'll get to, you know, where they should fit into training and why you would use them, I guess. And we'll have a bit of a discussion around that, but um, it is worth noting that, you know, probably the, the hardest you could be on your body is spikes at a track 
Um, mm. Maybe not the new Super Sykes, but yeah, that's pretty yeah, hard on the body. Um, yeah, I mean, I used to have a pair until recently. I was running in a pair of old school racing flats, um, like old school style. They went old, but old school style racing flats on doing intervals on the track. And that I'd find that, you know, I ended up very calloused. My body was very callous from that. You know, you know, I could tolerate a lot of, um, from that because I developed a, you know, a resilience to that. So, mm. um, I think there's some value in that at times for people, if you can tolerate that load and think about what you're doing as well. Right. I was probably doing a bit too fast, but, uh, mm. that's okay. I'm uh, yeah. trying to expose myself to that. Well, have you, I mean, you, you've got an aversion for the track now, given your background. Yeah. I don't know. I just think, um, it's, it's purely psychological. Uh, I think just because I did so much on the track for eight years of doing middle distance, I think I just got a little bit burnt out with it. And, uh, I said, I said to you off air before that I think for me, if there's a big group of guys doing a track session where they're doing 1K repeats or mile repeats or 800 repeats, I wouldn't mind doing that. But doing it alone on the track uh, and just doing lap after lap after lap, I just think that's, that's a, yeah, I, I just don't enjoy that. I uh, much prefer to do it outside on the roads or even on the trails. Uh, and I don't really tend to see, uh, a bit keen to hear your opinion, and I know that this would be a really marginal thing, but I don't tend to see any really differences in paces. Uh, or, or it being harder on the, assuming conditions are the same, obviously. Um, I don't think uh, running on the track is any faster or any slower than running on the roads for me. Uh, splits tend to be pretty much the same with, with, with RPE aligned. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely wouldn't be going to the track to do a bunch of 1k or 2k or mile repeats on my own. I don't know. Just, uh, I just think I just did so much of it when I was younger. I just got a little bit, a little bit tired of it. But um, it, I think the, the one good thing about it, uh, doing it on the track though, is, um, at least 99.9% of tracks that are 400 meters and measured accurately is that, you know, we've discussed in another episode that GPS isn't always accurate and you can be led to believe that you're running slightly faster than what you might be, especially through some, uh, uh, <laughs> there's definitely some parks that I'm aware of that uh, the GPS isn't hundred percent accurate and you can be a little bit misled at uh, times as to, as to your splits, you might be uh, running uh, three to four seconds per kilometer or even upwards of five seconds per mile Um your, your watch will show faster than what you're actually running. Whereas on track, you know, provided that you ignore the GPS and you look at your actual splits per 400 meters, then you're going to get an exact uh, reading. And I've heard other podcasts, uh, podcasters talk about this, that a 5k uh, on the track is, uh, is 12 and a half laps. And that's exactly 5k. And, you know, you don't stop when your watch hits 5k or you'll probably stop at the 4.85 uh, kilometer mark. And yeah, that's just, yep. not, that's just not 5k. So, yeah, well, we, yeah. I mean, we talked a bit about that in the, in that yeah, we did. Uh, half hours of marathon episode, because, you know, you, technically you do run further than 5k, but the, the race isn't about how far you run. The race is about getting through 12 and a half laps. So that's yep. like, that's and just like a marathon is not when you get to 42.195 or 42.2 Ks or 26.2 miles. It's, it's when you cross the finish line. Right. And right. however far it takes you to get that is, is what it takes you to get that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like, I, I don't think there's a significant difference Let's put it this way. The difference between track and road, provided that, you know, similar conditions and as you've said, and and look, provided you're not having to dodge things and it's not soft road and it's not, you know, uphill mm. or whatever. I think the difference is probably less than the day-to-day -day variation in your performance, which is there, right? Everyone thinks that they sort of perform the same every day. There is day-to-day -day variation in your readiness and ability to perform hydration levels, all that stuff. So I think the variance in your performance is probably bigger than the difference between the track and the road. So you're not going to notice it um, in a material way. Um, I have done a bunch of K and mile reps and all sorts of stuff on the track. I love it. I just, my track background, I probably didn't, I wasn't as burnt out as you. I was probably never, probably never trained hard enough on the track uh, as a young person. So uh, 
I still love yeah. it. So I still go back. I actually went to a track in Chamonix uh, in the French Alps, which was 300 meters and I didn't know. So anybody who follows me on Strava will see some of my PBs or some of my estimated bets are like absolutely cooked because the GPS was cooked because I was using track mode uh, on my Coros and it was lapping 400 meters and I was actually doing 300. Uh, so <laughs> wow. it's just it's just cooked um, because it has an algorithm and these track modes all do now, Garmin and Coros, where it knows what lane you're, you you set the lane you're in and it knows how far that is. And then it uses GPS as a surrogate to that to fit its model. And so it's actually a bit more accurate um, than historically on tracks, but uh, yeah, still not perfect. Uh, it never is. And it doesn't matter. Like again, near enough is probably good enough. Just don't be claiming any like PBs or anything off of it uh, or yeah, thinking like... or using that. I think, um, I don't know who I saw recently talking about marathon pace training saying that they always um, train a couple seconds quicker per kilometer uh, or would their training paces are a couple seconds quicker than that what they anticipate to race because they don't think that it's going to convert the same on race day, which I tend to, I mean, that's mm. been my, that's basically what I do by default. Um, I don't really take too much out of my training uh, come race day. I sort of have a pacing plan and a rough idea. I don't really, it's loosely based on training, but I don't say, oh, I ran this in training, therefore I will be able to. Uh, it's always a, a variable. Uh, it's always like a band of performance that I think we can get to. So, well, um, Cam, Levin's, Cam Levins has shared that he tends to run about, I think he said two to three seconds per K. Might have been one to two. That's, uh, that's on his GPS. On his that's, GPS because he knows yep. that uh, come the race, his GPS is, is going to be about one or two percent off. Yeah, so, that's that's what I thought that's who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, um, probably the last one is to talk about where mm. to fit different surfaces into training. So, like, where would you put these if you had access to all of them? You have trails, you have treadmills, you have a road, uh, and you have track. Where do where do these fit in your training, or where would you suggest they fit into people's training? Yeah, good one. Well, you know, bit of personal preference going on here because you love doing reps on the track and I don't. Uh, but um, <laughs> so we've got the we've got the four there. We've got treadmill, yeah. trail, road, and track. I would be very heavy road, obviously, but I would definitely be doing a lot of the easy runs on the trail. In fact, I'd yep. be doing any easy run on the trail that's not a long, easy run. Um, yep. In fact, even probably some long, easy runs way way uh, in advance from, uh, well in advance from marathon race day, I'd probably do on the trail, much like you were doing through, um, through Richmond Park, eight, 10, 12 weeks out. Uh, personally, I probably wouldn't touch the treadmill at all, but I do think that many people really like to use the treadmill for certain specific threshold training. So, um, I think that's definitely, I mean, it's proven right by Ingebrigtsen's by, uh, many, many high level. I mean, I know, even though Mo Farah back in his uh, heyday was using the treadmill quite a lot on some threshold stuff. Um, some of the very best triathletes, including Gustav, Christian, Lionel, Sam Long. Um, I'm not sure how much Sam Long does on the treadmill itself, but I do know he has, he's has done a little bit on there. Um, so yeah, I think that's the, the treadmill is really there. I think for the most part, seemingly for pro athletes for the threshold, tre uh, tempo work. Um, mm -hmm. you know, you do occasionally see people doing sort of dipping into the VO2 max stuff by doing one K reps on there, but it doesn't seem to be, um, so common. So yeah, treadmill for the tempo work, um, trail for the easy runs and that, that can, that can really extend up to long, easy runs when you're well out and you might not be quite touching on the marathon specific long runs yet. Uh, I'd be using the road for everything else. Uh, I'd be using the road for, you know, obviously uh, marathon specific workouts. So whether you're doing four by five K or eight by two K with one K float or two by 10 K, I think, you know, <clears throat> roads, what you're going to race on, uh, assuming we're talking to marathoners here and half marathoners and 10 yeah. K uh, races on the road. So road is the most specific uh, for us. Uh, and then the tracks there, <clears throat> you know, I think that can be substituted for many of the road sessions. I mean, doing a long run on the track would be, 
a bit of a uh Jeez, that'd be a bit mind numbing but um i think <clears throat> i think doing you know 400s 600s 800s 1ks even threshold work can be could be done on the track um and if you really want to dial into your exact race pace if you're the type of person that likes to really hit workouts at an exact pace uh, to prepare for the race and you you know, let's say you're shooting for a a sub 220 marathon and that's a 320 per K, which is exactly 80 seconds per lap. So if you want to do a, a whole lot of running at that exact pace to, to just be sure that you're actually comfortable with that pace and do lactate testing and threshold testing, then the track might be the way to go to do a, a session of 2K or 3K or even 5K reps on the track so that you know that that pace is exactly accurate. Um, you know, as we've already discussed many times out in the roads, you're going to be 99, 99.5% accurate on those paces, but um, there might be some value in uh, in doing one or two sessions right on the track so that you know you're you know right on those uh, on those paces. Um, what would you be? What would? How would you be splitting up those four different options in your your prep? Yeah, I think you you nailed the specificity aspect. So as you get closer to race day, you need to be doing more on the surface you're going to race on. So if you're a trail runner, do more on trail. Uh, more specific trails to what you're going to run. Um, again, so think about the technicality, the grade, all that stuff, uh, and get more specific. Um, Conversely, for marathons and road stuff, build more road into it. There's no question, provided you can tolerate uh, those surfaces. Track, yeah, I think if you want to go on the track, do it. If there's a group, do it. Um, I think it works best. The track might have a strong different capabilities who are all doing or doing different sessions or something like that. The track may have a there if you want to track. Uh, but otherwise, just if you're enjoying it and you want to go and you have access. Uh, treadmill probably fits in poor weather um, or if you want to watch something you want to sort of you know you want to not leave the house or whatever for whatever logistical reasons you want yeah if you want to do some testing if you want to get some heat exposure perhaps when it's cold outside you might be a bit warmer inside and, and you can layer up or something so i would say the treadmills are tool to be used um when appropriate i mean i've done some three hour plus runs on treadmills i did 38 k's at 95 percent of marathon pace in this build for a for a treadmill on a treadmill so pretty brutal uh mentally but <laughs> but it is there uh i'd suggest changing paces more frequently it's more fun and, and easier so uh yeah I, I, you would I think, have had to have loaded up a big playlist for that i assume or a big youtube the 38 the 38k <laughs> yeah. treadmill run was yeah. basically uh most of the sweat elite videos to be honest without wanting to like uh no, I remember you telling me actually. Being yeah, yeah. too much of a fanboy, it was actually what I, I watched. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I'd fit it in. Definitely, as I think your point around the specificity is crucial, though. Like I, I would, if given my choice, I would do, you know, in Chamonix when I've got trails everywhere, I would do all but one to two runs a week on trail, uh, mm -hmm. and then I'm doing, you know, trying to. It's not that high; it's about a thousand meters, I think. So then I do two faster sessions on uh, track. Uh, just to get something faster because there's not a lot of road. I do every now and again, I'll throw in an extra road run. There is some roads around there that you can do some running on just to change it up a bit. And it's, you know, look, generally running is slower. So if you don't have time, then of course, uh, that's part of it. Um, so that's how I've joined. And then, yeah, as I move towards a marathon, uh, most people will see it, it gets more, to, more and more road uh, as you go. And then, I mean, vary up what you want to do. Run in places you enjoy. Ultimately, you need to be enjoying stuff. Uh, I would say that you can. The you very can... overlooked thing, and yeah. that's, that's actually something that uh, Olav, uh, yeah. Christian Blumenfeld, and Gustav Eden's coach speaks to quite a lot. Is that yep. at the end of the day, you're going to get to the start line healthiest and happiest and ready to go if you're actually enjoying the training. So sometimes you might make some decisions that might not be 100% the best for physiologically for the stimulus, but maybe you just really enjoy it. Maybe some days you just really feel like you know running on the treadmill and that's going to get you through it and it's going to make you enjoy the, the process more. And I think that's a, that's an important point. That's often pretty overlooked actually. 
Yeah, I think um, you can put your head down and gut through anything for a little while, but eventually you get sick of it. So I think that's a really, um, you know, most people aren't professional athletes. Most people don't have much riding on their running. So yeah, getting on, uh, doing stuff you enjoy is is important and doing it with people you enjoy, right? Even if the session's not perfect, doing it with people might be better. And and we might actually have a a group training versus individual training discussion upcoming uh, in one of our future episodes. So, uh, so yeah, I think, uh, that pretty much covers treadmills and, and all things surfaces. But uh, I think, uh, firstly, thank you, Carlos, for the question. Please send the questions in. Keep sending them in. We have had a few others and we are getting to them. They are all stored. Don't worry. And yes, you know, it takes us a little while. So apologies for that, but we will get to them. Uh, as we mentioned, Boston Marathon episode is coming up. And uh, yeah, keep uh, liking and sharing and uh, subscribing to the podcasts. And thank you for all those who voted in the Boston Marathon poll as well. That was fun. And great to have those people voting. So appreciate those. So follow us on Instagram and, you know, if we have other polls coming up. But otherwise, thanks for your time, Matt. And uh, Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for listening in. I've got a last question for you there before you before we yep. uh, head off. If you had a 10K race that you had to do yep. Yep. Uh, and you could choose one of those four services, which one do you reckon you'd run the quickest on? Assuming Ten- treadmill is obviously calibrated. A 10K, if I had to do a 10K um, I said you can run a 10k on treadmill or on a trail or on a road or on the track and you can choose whichever one which one do you reckon you'd produce the fastest result assuming solo oh definitely road there's no question yeah. about that um, definitely be my choice too yeah I, I couldn't I mean solo 10k on the track I'd lose count of laps just, just <laughs> lose count of laps. that's actually something I forgot to mention in the trail and the track training is if you're going to do some volume on the track make sure you're switching directions something that's often mm. overlooked um, mm. and Good so point, yeah make sure you, you spin around directions provided there's no one else at the track and, and you can do that. But, uh, but I'd suggest that, uh, but no road every day of the week. Um, I would be doing it on. Same here. I, yeah. I, there's no other answer. I mean, if I wanted to enjoy it the most, it'd be a pretty steep, a bit of a climb with some pretty steep downhill on trail with some technicality. That'd be the most enjoyable, but that's a different discussion. Definitely um, not faster. No, no. Zero. All right. Zero Thanks faster. Dave. And Thank thanks you. for listening in everyone.